the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office. And we are officially designated as your go-to source for dangerous misinformation. Listening to our show, you may begin to question mainstream media and ruling class narratives. Heck, you might even be motivated to fulfill the obligations of your most important political office, that being the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriot, and I'm joined again by Don Dix. And he's a, I'm not sure where he is today, but I see he's like, it looks like he's at the Capitol ready to lead another insurrection. And we're also yeah, very pleased. I, I, I to showed have. up to the I showed up to the Capitol thinking there was going to be an inauguration today. Yeah, there, but there isn't one. Darn it! Nope. There, there goes that trip to D.C. But we are pleased to have with us a recurring, a returning guest, uh, Christopher Harris, a retired Border Patrol agent. He served the country for twenty-two years on the border in the Border Patrol, twenty-six years in federal law enforcement, and a total of thirty-six years in law enforcement, was with the Border Patrol Union, and is now retired. But in that role, he is able to both get information from inside the Border Patrol. People talk to him, as he says, and he's now free to speak publicly, whereas members of the that are still serving cannot. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys, and thank you for having me back on. Well, we've seen a dramatic change in how the border is not enforced uh, with the uh, Biden administration, as we expected and predicted. But what, what caught the what maybe what caught the most attention this past week was a very tragic motor vehicle accident involving illegal aliens and illegal immigration, in which a van of illegal aliens pulled out into the highway and was struck by a semi-truck after they had cut in the fence and drove through the new lax border policies, resulting in, I'm not sure the exact number, but a large number of people were killed. That's true. That happened uh, not far uh, from my sector. I, I worked at the San, San Diego sector my whole career. Uh, I did details in other areas, including El Centro, and that's where it happened, El Centro sector. I know the chief out there, a good man, Greg Bavino. Um, yeah, they cut through the fence. Let me point out that that's an old fence that we wanted to replace. That was a fence built in the mid, early 2000s, mid-2000s, 2007, 2008. Um, it, it's not all that good. We would have liked to have it uh, replaced with better fencing, better infrastructure. Uh, but, yeah, they were able to compromise it, drive two vehicles through. Um, one apparently burst into flames down the road. Uh, people bailed out of it. Water Patrol agents, uh, I think, apprehended all 19. Uh, the other vehicle they didn't know about went down the road. It was overloaded. It was an SUV with 25 people in it. And, and let me point out, that the, the, the Polleros, the Coyotes, they don't care about human life. Uh, I mean, how, it's 25 people in an SUV. Um, it, you know, the handling characteristics are shot. Um, so it's unclear if it couldn't stop for the stop sign, didn't stop for the stop sign, but pulled down onto a, a larger road where it was hit by a, a semi-gravel truck, killing, I believe, at least 15 um, individuals, which is a tragedy. They're human beings. Nobody should die like that. But again, the smugglers don't care. Um, we hadn't seen we haven't seen that in a while. I mean, this is stuff that we hadn't seen. And as Yogi Berra once said, it's like deja vu all over again. I'm just surprised that it's as bad as it is that quickly. Uh, we knew things were going to change, but it's like a light switch. I mean, with all the things that Biden has said, because, you know, optics matter. We saw that with Obama. The optics are the people believe, come on up, you're going to be welcomed. Uh, whether it's true or not, that's the optics. That's the message that's coming out. That's the message they're receiving. And then with the executive orders, um, the biggest one was was you know getting us out of stopping the MPP, the Migrant Protection Protocol, which was fantastic. We never thought that would happen, and that happened under Trump. And that is incredibly important. 
And, and that's a huge part of what we're seeing now, the problem. So is it, are we back to the days where anyone who steps across the border is let into the country? So we are back to the days, just like it was uh, under Obama and for a while under Trump, until Trump got that migrant protection protocol in place, which was amazing. I mean, he got that in place with a socialist president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador. Um, brilliant statesmanship. But yes, we are seeing those days again. It's happening at my station, the Imperial Beach Border Patrol Station. It's happening in San Diego sector. It's happening along the, se- the whole southwest border. You step across, you claim asylum, you're going to be released. And as you're seeing in other news sources, and, and I've confirmed them, that you know we're not testing them. So uh, I think it was in Texas, they, they 108 that were tested by an, uh, an NGO, non-governmental organization, uh, of the 300 some they tested or whatever it was, 108 had COVID-19, and they're just going to jump on the buses and the trains and the airplanes. Nobody's going to stop them with COVID-19, uh, and, and they're going to inundate our, our, our country with this. Now, the northern border, I have a friend who lives in Canada, she's an American U.S. citizen, is closed. It's still locked down. So here we got people coming across the border, claiming asylum, being released again on their own recognizance. And, and again, we're going to find out they just won't show up for their hearings uh, many years ago. And again, this is deja vu. I spoke about this a few years ago, and I thought, you know, we had fixed it. We had, um, you know, the, the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, Government uh, Accounting Office, did a study years ago that showed about 90 percent wouldn't show up for their hearings. That's going to be the same. The 10 percent that do show up, yeah, they have real claims. And 90 percent of them get, get you know, OK, because those people do show up because they know they have a real claim for asylum. But what you're seeing is people abusing the system because they're not going through the immigration system. They're, they're trying to use the asylum system as the immigration system. On the way up, you'll see interviews, even on you know, CNN, they're saying, oh, yeah, because of the hurricanes and the storms and economics were coming up. But when they get to the border, they're going to claim persecution, gangs and things like that. So on the way up, they're truthful. Here's why we're coming. It's economic reasons. It's, it's this. It's corruption. It's whatever. But when they get here, they're going to claim that it's certain things that they're told to say so they can claim asylum. And then they're released. So we're already seeing it in the Imperial Beach Border Patrol Station. There's an area where they can come under the first fence uh, because it's a culvert. And we have to keep it open to allow Mexican sewage to flow into the United States. They walk in. They don't try to cross a secondary fence because it's too difficult. And they just stand there. And once they're on U.S. soil, they're not trying to get away. They just want to step foot on U.S. soil. The Border Patrol apprehends them, takes them to the station, does a quick processing. And then we're releasing them at the transit stations, the trolley stops. Um, that's that's the bad old days again. Yeah, the uptick is dramatic. I have some numbers. I can give them to you a little later if you're interested. But the uptick is dramatic. So quickly, so fast, we're going to be inundated. And we already are. And, and again, let me point out, not only are we not testing them for COVID-19 and other diseases, we're not vetting them thoroughly. We'll run records checks on them in the United States. But if they've never been in the United States, that's pointless. You'll see all these people that are left of center saying, oh, all these records checks. Well, yeah, that's in the U.S., we don't have time to do checks to El, this El Salvadoran government. That takes time. We don't have some database we could just tap into in Honduras. So we're not checking them for crimes they might or might not have committed in the countries they're coming from. And, and that, that's horrific. I, you know, I, I told a story a while ago at the Chula Vista station. They caught a guy, processed him, and I forget if he was from El Salvador or whatever. And they were releasing him. And on the way out the door, he just in passing said something. This was so much easier than I thought. You know, because of the homicides, I was involved with in El Salvador. Like, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Brought him back to the cell, went to the El Salvadorian consulate, got the record check. Yeah, the guy committed homicides in El Salvador. But we never would have known that because until the guy just kind of randomly spoke about it. So we're not doing the vetting people think we're doing. We'll run, you know, we'll run checks, fingerprint checks and stuff in the United States. But again, if they've never been to the United States, that's worthless. Pointless. Sounds like what Donald Trump said. They're not sending us their best and brightest. Uh, look, some some are some are decent people. I mean, they truly are. But even if they're decent people, if they have COVID-19, shouldn't we be detaining them, sending them back? I mean, we won't let people cross on the northern border because of COVID-19. You know, the president's talked about basically quarantining Florida. But yet we're OK with people by the thousands coming across the border now. And, and we're not testing them. And then when they are tested by NGOs. A bunch of them have COVID-19. Um, what, what, you know, our hospitals, I mean, there was a Democratic congressman in Texas who said, this is, this is going to turn to a crisis. They're being dumped on our communities. We can't afford it. We can't afford COVID-19. We can't afford the, the costs. Um, I, I don't understand what the president expected to happen 
And and I get like, oh, we don't like Trump. He's a bad guy. But to undo every single thing without thinking it through, to me, is the height of hubris and 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 just irresponsibility. Well, the there is some is- sort of a narrative that exists on the left that, you know, we should have these open borders. It extends from organizations like uh that uh, Klaus Schwab founded, the World Economic Forum. They'd like to see no borders anywhere in the world. And ultimately, it takes, I mean, isn't, isn't, this is, this is bigger picture. This is about diminishing the stature of the United States within the world. And, you know, we're, 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 we're coming from the last four years of an America first policy to now what is, uh, undeniably an America last policy. Um, one of your sister organizations, or I think you'd probably prefer me to say brethren organizations in uh, the immigration matrix, the uh, uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement Agency had to explain on Tuesday why the agency was forced to lock down uh, their Twitter account that used to post warnings of dangerous aliens who were released into American communities often citing city policies uh, that released uh, the aliens before the ICE officers could take them into custody. The account, uh, which is at sign ICE alerts, was created in 2013, extensively used by former President Trump's administration. The last tweet was sent out on January the 21st. 2021, the Biden administration locked that account down because if you were to report the location of one of these dangerous aliens to ICE, it would become too obvious that these assaulters, these drug dealers, these thieves, drunk drivers are now allowed to go free under Biden's policies. So when you look at the nexus of people like George Gascon and then now ICE, it seems like there's an overt mission on the part of this administration and left-leaning administrations to let these individuals go and uh, just roam about the communities without, you know, with, without a problem. Well, see, this is this is what I don't get. And, and, and it's actually like it should be nonpartisan, not even bipartisan, just nonpartisan. And, and when I was really doing a lot of this with the union uh, back in like 2014, 15, 16, I worked with a lot of activist groups, and, and especially toward the beginning of 2016, when Trump started running, it started changing. And it wasn't his fault. It was just this visceral hatred for him. But these groups would admit with me, you know, admit to me when we were having discussions. We had some very fruitful discussions. We worked on some things together. But they would admit they didn't have a problem with a border fence. You know, that was there. What so what? They were worried about, you know, the 11 million people that they claim. And I can tell you it's a much higher number. But they were worried about the 11 million uh, illegal aliens in the United States. And I use the term illegal aliens because that's the actual legal term. Um, it doesn't mean you're an illegal person. It means you're here as an alien illegally. Um, they were okay with that. They they were okay with deporting criminals. They were like, yeah, we don't want criminals in our in our neighborhoods. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I had senators, Democratic senators, saying, yeah, no, we're good with that, Chris. Removing you know criminals. We you know we just we're worried about the hardworking you know people here you know illegally and you know been here for years and like okay that's another discussion fine we can have that but removing criminals everybody was on board with that and now all of a sudden it flipped and I don't get. Why you um, why you would um, want to protect convicted felons? I don't get it. We will and we will dive into the answer to that question and why and the agenda behind not enforcing our immigration laws after this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. 
For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. Uh, Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, private citizen. Since January 20th, it seems like the political left in this country, whether it's the administration uh, of immigration policies or the laws that they're passing or wanting to pass, are just on this uh, r- this uh, fast-paced ride in order to make this country, in order to transform America into uh, their vision of what America wants to look like or what they want America to look like. One of those areas, of course, is immigration. And to have that conversation, we've invited back uh, someone who has been very helpful in in developing uh, the picture of what's actually unfolding at the border uh, of the United States of America. I'm talking about now retired uh, Christopher Harris, who spent 36 years in law enforcement and most recently retired from uh, the uh, Customs and Border Patrol. Christopher Harris, it's great to have you with us again. So tell us a little bit about what the mood is amongst your uh, former colleagues that are the people that are on the front line that are now having to defend this country uh, with whatever it is that they're able to do at the border. What what are they thinking about what's uh, what the Biden administration is is bringing to this country? I was just down on the border the other day and talking to some agents and uh, the morale is plummeting again. It's plummeting. But let me give you an example. When I up to a few years ago. Um, and this also has to play with how law enforcement in general is being treated, but we have a mandatory retirement uh, in federal law enforcement for most federal law enforcement of 57 guys would go, you know, kicking and screaming. They, they stayed at 57. They would try to get waivers to stay longer. Guys love the job. Um, you know, I remember a, a big boss wanting the union, try to help him get a union, a waiver to stay longer. Now, nobody stays to 57 anymore. Um, as soon as they can get out, um, they do. Like I got out at the age 54, uh, I, I did, uh, you know, wasn't going to stay at 57. So you can retire at, f- at the age of 50 with 25 years. So a lot of people came in after they do like four years in the military uh, and, you know, God bless for their service. So 18 to 22, they start when they're 22, 23. They do, uh, you know, enough years. They do their 25 years and 27 years and they retire at 50. And in the past, the, people wanted to stay. But morale is so bad now that as soon as they can retire, they do. So you're, you're losing all that, that institutional knowledge. You're losing all that experience. Um, people don't want to come into the Border Patrol. They don't want to come into law enforcement uh, anymore. Um, the numbers are down, but morale is down. I mean, you're asking people, again, to go back to the days where we're not trying to really arrest bad guys. These people just step across the border, stand there, and you have to take them back to the station and process them. And then we at least didn't release them in the past. We had ICE do it for us because we didn't want to get stained with that. But now ICE can't do it. So we are literally driving them in our, our marked border patrol vehicles and vans and stuff to the trolley stations, the transit stations, and dropping them off, letting them go with a piece of paper saying, you know, someday down the road, you'll go to a hearing. Um, and they don't. So, I mean, how, how does that make you feel? I, I've apprehended these guys. I've processed and spent hours doing it. And now I'm bringing them to the trolley stop or the bus stop or whatever and letting them go. So that's not what these guys signed up for. We're seeing a spike in unaccompanied minors, which is its own, you know, problem. Um, you're going to see more people leaving the patrol. And maybe that's what, what people on, on the left are hopeful for. I truly believe that people want us to be a, a, a not a first world nation anymore, but a second world nation. Um, and open borders will do that. I'm not against immigration. My, my, my grandmother and others came across in the 1920s to Ellis Island from Ireland and whatnot, County Antrim. Uh, my wife's from Mexico. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to immigration. But there's no country in the world that has ever been able to exist for any length of time if they can't control their borders. And other countries have much stricter uh, immigration laws. I mean, the American people have been fed this thing that we're like onerous laws. We have some of the most lax in the world. I mean, look at Denmark now. They're saying that they're going to, all the Syrian refugees are going to have to leave 
because Siri is better now. So, hey, we, 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 we let you come in. Things are better. You're going back. Australia, very, very liberal country, has very, very strict immigration laws. So, I, you know, to point us out as having these xenophobic laws is just simply empirically untrue, uh, demonstrably untrue. But people believe that. And so open borders will kill this country. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I spoke on this on several years ago on Tucker Carlson about just the logistics of open borders and how many people would flood this country. Logistically, this country couldn't handle it. Um, so, yeah, you have to wonder what is the motivation to have open borders and not vet people coming in and, you know, for, for diseases, for criminal activity, for terrorist activity. Why would you want that? That's the question you have to ask. Any legislator that supports this, ask that question to yourself. What just, is their ulterior motive? You just nailed it. It is to it is to undermine and tear down the country. It's to stack the voting deck. You look at how immigrants, both legal and illegal, and their children and grandchildren vote, and it is heavily for the Democrats. So they don't care. So the Democrat Party does not care about people that are killed in an auto accident or otherwise that are killed along the way. It's actually a Illegal immigration it can be quite dangerous for the illegal aliens. And well, I mean, I've said one- that I've said that for years, Greg. Is that look who suffers the most? It's those communities, and and there are illegal aliens that are here that are minding their own business, that are working, you know, whatever. God bless, you know, that's a whole other different discussion. But they're the ones that are suffering the impact. These people are driving drunk in their communities. These people are selling drugs in these communities. These people are sexual predators in these communities. These people are MS thirteen in these communities. Uh, you know, 18th Street. These are bad people. And so why are the like the, uh, the new elitism? Why are the elites in this country, the so-called elites? Why do they want when they have armed guards and, and you know, gated communities and gated and fenced houses? Why do they want this criminal activity to to be a blight on these communities? I, I don't understand that. And again, to just a few years vote, ago. To stack the voting deck and cheap labor. Yeah, they, well, I mean, I've got a problem with certain so-called Republicans who, you know, push for this because, uh, you know, people used to love the Koch brothers. I'm like, be careful about that because there's only one now, but they wanted open borders. They wanted cheap labor. And, and, you know, okay, if you want cheap labor, understand that there's a lot of negative problems that come with it. Maybe it makes you more money, but it's not good for your country. So if you're pushing for just cheap labor because you're making a better profit, and, and let me say this, I'm a capitalist, but if you have, if your business model relies on illegal aliens, cheap labor, then you might have to rethink your business model. Because you shouldn't have a business model where I have to pay below minimum wage or whatever to, to, to make a profit. And if you're making an Uber profit on illegal aliens and cheap labor, shame on you. And you undercut. So any business that hires Americans and pays more gets undercut and underbid by the business that hires illegal aliens. Greg, I did a speaking engagement a couple of years ago, and a nice guy came up to me and said, I'm a Republican. I'm a capitalist. I own my own business. I have to hire illegals because my, 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 my competitors do. But give us a level playing field and force the laws, the I-9s and all that, and force the laws about employing illegal aliens, do those workplace checks, and I will hire Americans. But if my, comp- my competitors are hiring illegals, I have to too. That, you don't have a little bit of time left in this segment, but you, <clears throat> couple the, you couple the open borders and no enforcement of immigration laws with the now renewed push for amnesty. So we can we can debate whether amnesty and rewarding illegal aliens for their illegal immigration is fair, appropriate in the interests of American workers and taxpayers. But when you have an open border and unlimited illegal immigration, as we do again with the Biden administration, then that's that is that's that's an absolute disaster because people will flood in. And if they don't qualify for the first amnesty. They'll be here. Well, I'll, I'll get in and I'll wait for the next amnesty. Well, I'll point this out. Um, you know, we've had public charge laws on the books since 1645, uh, and they kind of fell out of disuse for whatever reasons. And, and President Trump, uh, God bless, started utilizing them. Basically, that means you're not going to be a ward of the state when you enter this country as a as, as, as an alien, illegally or not. Uh, you know, my grandmother, when she came over, you know, they either had to pay a bond or they had to be a sponsor. So you wouldn't be a ward of the state. And, and so the left now is not even trying to hide it. You know, it was always, oh, these people are just coming here to work hard. Basically, some congressmen are saying they want to get rid of those public charges laws and that they deserve, uh, you know, money right away. They deserve welfare or whatever right away. So, wow. Um, talk about bankrupting uh, the government. 
uh, and the taxpayer, that, that's kind of scary stuff. Exactly. Uh, we are out of time for this half of Unite IE Radio. Stay tuned for the exciting second half. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And... um, Mario Cuomo, not too long ago, was the fair-haired boy. He was flying high. He had favorable media coverage. The press was covering for him, even though he was sending COVID-positive patients into nursing homes. Population is at most at risk for that <clears throat> disease. And, uh, well, boy, things have changed on this. They have flipped on him, and he's now accused of sexual harassment. The state is heavily in debt, depending on a federal bailout. And, you know, some of us are scratching our heads. Democrats don't do this to each other. And and our guest in the first half, Chris Harris, formerly with the Border Patrol, now retired. You're originally from New York. So you've you've, you've been watching this. 33 years I lived in New York. I'm New Yorker born and bred. And so you have a, what's your, what is your take on this? What the heck is going on either with New York and its deterioration, but also with Mario Cuomo and the Democrats turning on him? You have to understand, like my mom was born in Manhattan, and you know, we spent a lot of time down in the city when I was growing up. Andrew but Cuomo. most New Yorkers don't, you know, they don't consider New York City as the, everybody considers outside of New York, New York City, New York. But there's a whole other part of the state, and a huge chunk of them, do not support Cuomo. They never have. Uh, and now you are seeing some Democrats starting to say, wow, that's um, he's not he's not good. But don't forget, he's attacked some of these Democrats, you know, privately. And enough of them, I think, finally said enough. Um, you know, he's got a lot of hubris. He's he's uh, he's a bully. Um, he, he mishandled the situation. I, I think the, the attorney general, who's very far to the left in New York state, has said that the numbers were underreported by at least 50%, the deaths in the, in the nursing homes. Um, a lot of people I know personally lost family members in these nursing homes. And they're, they're, and then now it comes out that three women are saying they were sexually assaulted. And these weren't, these weren't um, you know, from 40 years ago, and I don't really remember the details. These are within the last year or two. And these are Democrats themselves who are coming out and saying, this man sexually harassed me or even molested me. I mean, if you put your hands on person, people's genitalia or nail them, that's that. I could make a case that that could be third degree sexual assault. Um, so it's not even just sexual harassment. I might go past that. And then you also have media people coming out saying, wow, his he and his staff bullied us. I quit journalism because of him and his staff. Uh, and then the COVID-19 deaths, the, the cover up, just um, that he's a bully. When you when you have that kind of thing going on, I'm not that surprised that people are starting to turn on him. But I think he's going to double down. He's going to do what the Virginia governor did over the whole blackface scandal and all this and that. I think he's just going to double down and hope he can outlast it. I don't think he's going to do an Al Franklin and, and resign unless people like Nancy Pelosi and others start being less hypocritical and start calling him on it. I mean, 
if some heavy hitters really start asking for him to resign, he might end up having to. Right now, my guess is he's just going to double down and try to pull through it. You know, what what really disturbs me about this entire episode is the fact that it was known fairly early on. You had Paula mm-hmm. Dean that kind of broke the story, telling the world, uh, at least America, that her grandparents, her, her parents, her in-laws, actually, were moved into a nursing home facility um, and and they they died. They got covid and died. Um the the ship that was moved up by the administration at that time, the Trump administration, went empty. The Javits Center was built as a facility to take over overflow patients from hospitals. That went empty. Um, you know, now we know the full extent. Not only did uh, was there a policy of moving these people into nursing home facilities and uh, um you know, skilled nursing home for the the folks that weren't able to, you know, take care of themselves. But we understand now that there was a financial incentive, the remuneration rates, the rates that they got from the government for treating these people were higher. So there was a financial incentive. And then you had Mario, you had Mario Como, you had Andrew Como that gave them <laughs> immunity, right? He, he gave yes. them immunity in legislation. And uh, some legislators were shocked to see that this was actually in bills that were so thick that they never really found out about it. And then on top of that, uh, when he was getting ready to be exposed, uh, he actually did a cover up and, you know, thinking that the Trump administration, rightly so, was coming after him. None of that was sufficient to take him down. What was it? It was his attempt at these uh, clumsy, sexual, ov- overtly sexual uh, suggestions. Did he really want to uh, fulfill them? We, we don't know. Uh, but that's what's ultimately taking him down and to me that's the despicable part of this entire affair is that you know he was regarded as i mean robert de niro (laughs) said that this you know he should be president uh in a uh interview that he did with stephen colbert on late night tv this guy was unable they were unable to take this guy down except for the fact that now a few women have come out and said he sexually harassed me that's what's taking this guy down to me, I mean, the guy won an Emmy too. So, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the scandal. Well, I, yeah, I, I agree with you to a point. I just think there's so much. It's all part of his personality, um, and 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 I maybe I'm not as upset as you that the women coming forward are are the the thing that tips the iceberg. Um, but I do agree with you, Don, that there was so much that was known that nobody wanted to act upon. You know, people were dying. Uh, there was cover ups. And that was kind of ooh, not a big deal. Um, so I, I, I guess I agree with you in point. I just don't mind that it's happening at all. I, whatever the cause of it is, the man needs to go. Right, whatever it takes. Well, I agree. Well, Cuomo's not, the, Cuomo's not the only one to have pursued this heinously evil, insane policy of putting COVID-positive patients in with the most vulnerable population to the disease. This was done in, by Democrat governors in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Yep. Other states. So you have to, I mean, it's almost, you, you just kind of boggles them. What were they? It's almost like the guys, the same kind of people are saying, sure, you know, open the borders. We don't care what happens to the illegals or to Americans as long as we get cheap labor and more Democrat votes. And it's the same, almost the same level of heinous indifference to Americans you see with this COVID policy. Um, well, Maybe. go ahead. Well, I mean, we have a, a group that, you know, seems to think that euthanasia in some cases is OK, certainly thinks that abortion is OK. Um, do they want to get rid of people that are, you know, in their minds, a drag on society uh, that cost a lot? I, you know, one can conjecture all you want. I will point out, Don, you didn't mention that uh, because of that legislation that protected these operators of these nursing homes from all kinds of things. Um, he got record donations from them, two point some million dollars. So, I mean, that's always one of the simplest things to look at, Greg, is just what's the monetary incentive to do some of these things? Um, that That's oftentimes part of it. Um, but you're right. This this happened in other states. I think there's there's going to be a lawsuit against uh, Whitmer in Michigan uh, because they all these they all have the same M.O. They don't want to release the numbers. Um, 
you know, we can't tell you because you won't understand them or we just don't have them or we're just not going to give them to you. Um, so, yeah, it does seem like a concerted effort. It seems like that. Several states to put the most vulnerable people into positions where they will get it and die. And then one and might New ask York why. New York City in particular is an example of the deterioration under Democrat Party governance is under Rudy Giuliani. They had turned the city around. They had cleaned yep. it up uh, literally and figuratively. It was, it was, you could walk safely in the, in, in, in many areas that you previously couldn't. Tourists were back. Uh, then you get, you get this, uh, you get de Blasio in and with Cuomo and it's, it's back like, like it was in the, in the bad 1970s. I brought my wife there in 2015 to see New York for her first time. And she was amazed how clean it was. There was no graffiti on the subways. On the subway, people were friendly. Uh, we walked through Central Park at one in the morning. The lights went shot out. It, it was comfortable. Uh, went back a few years ago, and it's just back to like the bad old days when I first got in law enforcement back in '82. Um, it, it was it was just it was bad. I, I won't go back down there. It, it just you felt unsafe. There was graffiti everywhere. It was dirty. Um, there was there was EDP, emotionally disturbed people in, in the streets uh, screaming at people. Uh, it, it was just really bad. And it was like night and day. And it was like, OK, what changed? Well, the leadership changed. The party changed. And, and people are leaving New York City. People are finding they don't have to live there. Uh, they can telecommute now. Um, and, you know, look at the subways now. People are terrified to ride the subways. It's back to the days of people being randomly assaulted, stabbed, pushed onto the tracks. This is like the 70s uh, and in the 80s. And I, I don't know if enough people will put, put it together in their head, again, that disconnect where they say, OK, by voting these people and this is what's caused it, I need to vote different people. In. Or is it just people won't see that? But people are leaving. People are leaving New York. They're going to Florida. They're going to Texas from New York City. And you know, maybe the elections just aren't, aren't just aren't honest. But you have to want, I mean, why do people that live there keep voting? I mean, they reelected de Blasio. Yeah, I, that I don't get. Um, there's bribe. I mean, I don't want to call them bribes because legally they're not. But, you know, when you promise voters things, um, there were people that in Georgia saying we didn't flip this to, you know, to a, 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 a red state. We expected two thousand dollars, you know. So it, it's a type of bribe. I mean, you see this in third world countries. Vote us in and we're going to give you this. We're going to give you free college. We're going to give you we're going to pay your loans. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. It's a type of bribery. And, and when people vote people in that give them stuff. Well, that's problematic for any any democratic republic. You were telling don't us, they say, the don't they somebody. say that when you uh, when a, when a culture realizes that they can vote themselves a pay increase, it's the it's the beginning of the end of that civilization. That's basically what I was paraphrasing, Don. That is exactly correct. When you can do that, yeah, you're done because people, you know, pe- human nature doesn't change, and and a lot of people aren't going to think of the greater good. They're going to think about what's good for me. Wow, if you're going to give me money, you're going to give me free stuff. I'll vote you in. I'm not going to think that it's going to bankrupt the country down the road or it's going to erode our rights or any of that. I'm just thinking like, wow, you're going to give me stuff. Cool. And and I vote from my own, uh, what I perceive as self-interest. It might not be self-interest for long term, but for short term, yeah, it's good for me. And I'm not going to think it through. And they're not going to tell me to think it through. And so you're exactly right, Don. That, that's what I was alluding to. Um, we, you know, we might be dooming ourselves, uh, you know, as a constitutional republic. So... But then you, you asked. Us, Go ahead. I'm you, sorry. You were, t- you were telling us the story off the air that, you know, somebody in, in Texas law enforcement that we had encountered refugees from Democrat rule in Portland, Oregon. They, they had not learned their lesson. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Um, you know, God bless if you have beliefs and you firmly believe them. But if, if they're not working, if, if you're doing a certain thing and you corrected me that it wasn't Einstein who said that, you know, doing the same thing over and over again is, is the definition of insanity. But the saying still is true. You know, if you're leaving an area that you voted in a type of, 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 of elected official who put in policies in place that caused crime to skyrocket, to cause, you know, riots in the street and your business being trashed, taxes are skyrocketing. Uh, there's new rules and regulations that are onerous to your business, to your personal life. Your freedoms are being eroded. All that. Your schools are crappy. They're not open. Um, and then you go to an, a, a state like Texas, which is, you know, got different value system, but you're going to vote the same way that you did in, in say Portland, but what you, you don't expect a different result. You, 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 you think it's not going to happen again. I mean, so I think there's a disconnect in some people's thinking um, who do that. 
And it's kind of a shame because, you know, you're going to a state or an area that's you went there for a reason. It has low taxes. It, it's safe. You know, it, it respects your freedoms. But yet you're going to try to vote people in to change it to what it used to be. That's the same thing as if you come from another country and you left that country for a reason. You come here and then you try to vote in the same kind of stuff that you had in that country that you left for a reason. Again, I don't get that. So, yeah. In fact, I was, I, was just reading on, I was just reading on Babylon B that uh, one of the reasons that Governor Abbott just ended the mandatory uh, masking order in Texas was to try to scare off people from California. <laughs> well, people uh, were complaining about it. Yes. So. Uh, let's, let's hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the show for the most important political office, the woke conservatives out there. You, the citizen of America, the most important political office, according to Judge Brandeis, now has to make a decision. Are you going to allow books that that uh, propagate white supremacism and extremism in your children's libraries? The books that I woke up on, uh, grew up on, rather, and I woke up to them. <laughs> One fish, blue fish, red fish, two fish. Something like that. But but here's how they read today. I do not like your mental haze. I do not like your leftist ways. I do not like your son on blow. I do not like you, Mr. Joe. That's a modern day Dr. Seuss book. And this week, uh, America woke up to the uh, reality that uh, Horton hears a microaggression. That's the name of the book now. Dr. Seuss's books, the source of... Uh, the, uh, the, the, the focus of the woke left canceling six Dr. Seuss books. Welcome back to the United Land Empire radio show. We have a very, uh, esteemed guest today, former Customs and Border Patrol representative, uh, Christopher Harris, and of course my co-host, Greg Britton. Uh, well, what's your, what's your reaction to all of this, uh, mess that the left has dredged up now for itself? Is that for me or Greg? Well, who oh, can no. remember? I mean, who can forget um, the, the, the classic, uh, I do not like green eggs and ham, Sam, the white supremacist I am? Yeah, and obviously the Grinch was somehow, um, you know, a white supremacist or racist or xenophobe. or Well, maybe he was xenophobic. He didn't like the Who's, so, you know, down in Whoville. Um, but he grew to love them. I, you know, it's just... It's just more craziness. Every time you think you can't go further off the cliff or, or just into crazy land, um, and I'm not telling everybody, liberals and stuff like that, but people on the left, there are these people that there's nothing that they can't find something that has a microaggression in it or is this or that. Uh, I mean, Dr. Seuss, seriously, um, it's ludicrous. It's reprehensible. Uh, what's sad is that the organization, and you know, I guess they, they own the rights to that, they're self-censoring themselves. They're not going to print six of those books. Um, and, and they're not huge ones. They're not, you know, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas or Green Eggs and Ham. But they're, they're, they're legitimate part of his works, uh, his earlier works in the 40s and 50s. So they're going to self-censor them. You can't you won't get them on eBay. Now they're going for a thousand dollars a book. Uh, the public library in New York, to its credit, says we're not pulling it. But once they're you know worn out, we can't replace them. So it is a type of censorship. And, and you know, by any other name, it's still odious. You have a school district in Virginia who wouldn't allow it used on the National Read Across America Day. No, no reference to Dr. Seuss. This president and his uh, the first lady would not use it again on the every president has used it for the last several years. Um, just pictures of, of Michelle Obama with, you know, Dr. Seuss characters. But now some somebody who was woke found some type of aggression. And, and you know, I, I told you, I, I looked this up. And one of them is that I found it on Mulberry Street, something like that. 
Mulberry Street being in New York City, uh, Little Italy in Chinatown. And one of them is a picture, a drawing of a, a Asian man uh, with a coolie hat on, a conical hat on, eating rice out of a bowl. You would have seen that in the 1940s in Chinatown. You would have seen it. That, that's reality. So to act like that's something that he did is a racial thing, just painting, drawing reality. Um, so apparently reality uh, is unacceptable anymore or, or even caricatures. Um, it, it's scary stuff. I mean, where does it stop? I, I don't think it does stop. I don't it think it does. And Donald Trump warned that, that uh, when they started coming for any of the statues and the, and the and people <clears throat> That that they were the end was the end target was going to be people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and all of the uh, the great men and women that that that, that formed this country. Uh, Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart, who we just passed this ninth anniversary of his passing this this week as well. He told that culture is upstream of politics, and the left and the Democrat Party, which is now part of the thoroughly part of the left understands this and they wage that culture war everywhere everywhere they can continually constantly sometimes they go too far and they have to get a pullback they get they get they get, they get enough pushback like perhaps on dr seuss or trying to make um, mr potato head into gender neutral potato head yeah but they're they they are they are relentless but they also seek to undermine the culture and this is illustrated in another way is there was a song that was named song of the year for 2020 and we can't even on this radio show we can't even say the title of it it was by an artist known as artist in quotes cardi b and um the initials are wap and anyone who wants to see the lyrics for that can look that up and see what and that's now the song of the year but Dr. Seuss is to be banned and offensive. Or not too long ago, they were coming after a, a, a very cute, flirtatious song called Baby It's Cold Outside. Oh. <laughs> WAP, and you can look at that's now the epitome of American culture. I have two daughters and six grandchildren. And yeah, I'd so much rather them listen to that song, WAP, than read a Dr. Seuss book, because I think it's so much more enlightening. Um, and as Don pointed out earlier when we were off air, it's just not a good song. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate like when the songs from the 60s, 70s. Uh, it's just not good. And it's just horrible lyrics repeated over and over again that, that are, you know, look, whether you want to listen to Privacy Your House, I really don't care. But to, to actually say that that's the song of the year, I'm good with my kids listening to that. But Dr. Seuss is offensive. I mean, that's just, I don't even, yeah, I, 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 I used the word ludicrous before. I don't even know what a stronger word is than ludicrous. I mean, it's just and lest evil. We, lest we forget, NPR is subsidized <clears throat> by taxpayers. This yep. song was chosen by the listeners of, uh, or NPR, as being the song of the year, largely because, according to an analysis of this, uh, being named the best song of the year, uh, was the the reason was because it drew the ire of the right. That's why that song was so uh, so uplifted that uh, you know uh, a, a song that was honoring their own lady parts. I think we can say that um, was triggering the unnamed zealots on the right. That's the reason that NPR cited that this song was number one, not because of its musical, uh, you know, value or its, its catchy lyrics. It was because the backlash was inseparable. This is a quote from NPR. The backlash was inseparable from the song's <clears throat> cultural narrative. It only boosts and bolsters the argument for its politics of pleasure. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's scary. So actually, that's when you think about that scary stuff. I actually didn't care in that I didn't listen to it. I chose not to listen to it. I, mean, I believe in freedom of speech. Um, I don't know how much I want that blaring out at a mall where you know children are. But I, I truly didn't care. I, there was no ire on my part. I just thought it was a horrible song. I listened to it once. It was terrible, and I never listened to it again. Uh, it, it, but it's it's scary stuff when people are saying something's good just because it pre supposedly you know provokes a negative reaction in another group of people. Wow, is that how we judge art, uh, music? I, you know, that's okay. I, I disagree with that. 
it's part of it's part of a larger effort uh, this culture war and part of that is to undermine christianity and our judeo judeo christian culture as well as to sexualize children so who's the prime market for this song it's going to be young women and well, you're, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it teaches them that to to sexualize them and that the most important thing about them is that part of the female anatomy in the in the title WAP. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a little amazed. There's a Democrat in Chicago that wants to ban, you know, kids from having um, Grand Theft Auto and things like that because they're copycatting the. They're having a, a huge problem with, um, you know, uh, carjackings. Um, but that's the thing that's been around for years. That you know, you could rape women in it. You you kill prostitutes, um, and and you know, people on the left seem to think that was great. Okay. Um, glorifying that kind of activity which is really misogynic behavior but you know dr seuss is bad wow strange times we live in and with that is the end of our time for this week thank you chris for very much for being on our show and helping get out the word about the bad news of what's happening on our border and tune in next week for another exciting edition of unite ie radio your go-to source for official dangerous misinformation when you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California, ID number 1016258. Arizona, NMLS license number 092648. Grant, NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.